0: I'm Krati Mehra, and this is Beyond the Goals Podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle. We learn how to create healthier relationships, a healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy, and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness, because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. And welcome back to Beyond the Goals podcast. This is episode number 66, and I'm your host, Krati Mehra, back with another candid, vulnerable conversation with Julie Wen, who is, of course, also here. Hey, guys. And we are talking about initiating and sustaining joyful, healthy friendships as an adult. If you enjoy the episode, remember to subscribe and leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It will help the show grow and reach a wider audience. Now, let's dive into today's conversation. So tell me why you thought this uh, this was important.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I would say because maybe this was something that really, it became more important to me, more prominent to me after my breakup that I had last year. When I really needed people around me, I could count on my friends and my friends were unconditionally there for me in a way that I couldn't have anticipated. Like the way that they all came together to uplift me, support me, and just make sure that I was really taken care of emotionally, physically, intellectually, and all of those different areas. It just became so clear to me that that was like friendships, platonic connections are so important and they have to be nurtured so tenderly and with thought and love. And I don't think I ever placed that importance onto that. Before, I used to see relationships as more of a traditional hierarchy. And I think it's informed by monogamy where the apex, the pinnacle of relationships was finding that partner. And then, you know, family follows suit. And then there's all of these other dynamics that go into play. And then that's how it's prioritized. So for me, I did, I did see everything equally, but I do think that I never saw the Importance as much in like, how do I actively make sure that I'm making my friends feel like loved and I'm nurturing these connections so we can have conflicts? And we, it's not just us having fun together, it's us really making sure that we're developing these relationships that can stand the test of time. Um, yeah, like when I was confronted with that event, it brought
0: everything in clarity for me. I think you said it. You said it. People don't think that their friendship could potentially have a life altering impact, or or at least like have a deep, profound emotional impact, or if not just on their, like performance, but on their health, on their the status of their happiness, but it does. So when you treat it as this low stakes thing, that is how you show up when things are playing out. That is how mm-hmm. you that is your attitude to it. You're not that serious about it. You don't go out and like go out with this conscious mindset that, you know what, I'm going to find a, a friend and I'm going to nurture that friendship and I'm going to take care of it and I'm going to show up. But when you don't have friendships that are that supportive, that are that people who show up for you with without judgment, without conditions, then you feel lonely, but you're not willing to put in the work. Mm-hmm. You don't, am I making sense? Because that's, that's how, that's the problem right there. And you said it. We treat it as this low stakes thing, but it is not because it translates into something huge when it is going well for you. Even when, and I don't think you need to put all that much effort into it. You just need to show up, you know? Mm,
1: but when, yeah, it's, totally. I mean, yeah. it has to be mutual, like what you of were course, saying. It does have to be this mutual yeah. thing. And I kind of feel like friendships are in a similar level as romantic relationships where there is a level of work in terms of talking to each other and just making sure that you're updated on each other's lives, somewhat. I mean, cause yeah. I, I definitely have friends where I don't talk to them for months and then we continue the conversation and it's like no time has been lost between us. We're just picking right up where we left off. I, I think it's just good work. It's fun work. It's the kind of work that you know is making something stronger. And I just love having people in my life that I've known since I was in middle school, high school. That was when I started making friends because when I grew up in the Midwest, I had like no friends. My best friend was a librarian at my school. Um, So when I started making (laughs) friends, when I stopped having friends that were like inanimate objects, I started to. uh, Like, it's really lovely to kind of like see how much we've all changed and how much we've all still stayed the same, you know.
0: (laughs) So no no more friendships with inanimate objects i still do kind of like, i have my books like, for sure oh yeah for sure <laughs> that's for sure but sometimes like yeah. i would stop I when, mean, I'm, when i'm doing something extra crazy i would just stop and wonder what the table is thinking and if it's saying something to the the table lamp and <laughs>
1: <laughs> what's that disney movie Belle? the one who yeah and they're just talking to all of yeah i mean for
0: sure <laughs> that's you
1: <laughs> is something fun to do it's so profound yeah you just channel it towards anything you're like what is this feeling like?
0: yeah it's fun to me I do it sometimes so.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that's really yeah. funny yeah yeah okay so I kind of described a little bit about like my trajectory of friendships like how it's changed from you know being a child a lonely child not really having any friends to being someone that can nurture these relationships how has it been for you like as a young child to an adult like you know 20s 30s and
0: beyond I think I started making friends Mm -hmm. like legit friends who showed up for me who took care of me who were just lovely for me when I went to London for my master's so I was 21 at the time that's when I started making friends where it was a mutual thing where we were showing up for each other where there was actual honesty and very, very honest conversations going on. I was so homesick at the time. That was the only way I knew how to be at the time. I was so emotional. There was no holding back. There was no refinement to what I was putting out there. I was just so open. I just wanted, like, I I, I was too upset at the time to be able to be any other way. So that, I think that really helped me because otherwise I would have been in my room. I would have gone to classes. I would have come back. I would have studied hard. And I would have had, when I when I would have switched off as a student, I would have just been latched on to my novels and my fiction world. But because I was so homesick and I needed people so desperately that it sort of compelled me to make friends. And the friends that I found were amazing. They were amazing. Mm. You know, I became friends with this girl and she was just she's anyways, I think, a lovely human being. And she she would try to be there even for people she's not that close so I've seen her do that but she was so amazing to me to me it was just shocking that someone could be that that selfless she had her own she was also homesick I think maybe there was that empathetic connection but still to show up for someone to that extent to be to always make yourself available I had never seen anything like that before to me relationships had always been very transactional but this was something completely different And that really opened things up. She would force me to be friends with other people also. I was kind of bratty at that time, I think. (laughs) It was kind of difficult. Um, Because things were changing for me so rapidly that I was sort of losing grip. I was having this identity crisis. I didn't really know who I was. I was suddenly socially popular. People I was dating at that time. I started dating at the same time. So there was so much going on that I didn't know how to make sense of it.
1: Wow! Yeah, yeah. And, that's a lot of expansion. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and my course, anyways, my masters was Eddie was kicking my ass, so there was all of that going on. But my friendship, the French, I they, all of those people are still my friends. I, they some of them are in India. We still hang out. But we touch base, and it's it's like we never stopped speaking. Like we were hanging out in London yesterday. It's like that so that's definitely there
1: that's my favorite kind of friendship because this is another thing that you and me relate to each other a lot about like I need a lot of alone time and I don't like I do love having my friendships don't get me wrong and I definitely make time for them but I'm not the kind of person that is wanting to text and facetime every single day with people and I get really caught off guard when I text someone and then they text me back right away. And then a conversation starts. I'm like, Oh my God, I did not want this. I just (laughs) wanted to see how you were doing. And now we're in this one hour texting conversation and we're just like, like that stresses me out a little bit. Um, But a lot of my friends that are very close to me, they understand that. And that's like the most beautiful thing about it. Like I can really show up exactly as who I am. And that was the difference between me As a high schooler, middle schooler, having these friendships that were maybe, you know, we showed that we were close through like pictures and things that we did together, but I didn't feel that emotional connection of, I can tell them that I really am introverted and going out to this area, I don't like it. Or like they would go out to drink and I would just go because I wanted to fit in. I never felt like I could really show up as myself. And in all of my friendships now, I finally have... Maybe it's not even confidence. Maybe I just have the experience of knowing myself so deeply that I can't communicate it to people. And people are able to accept me as that because they also know their own limits and what they want to bring into the relationship as well.
0: Yeah, this is what like going back to what I was sharing, because there's a point I want to make. After I came back from London, that's when my mental health started declining. I went into depression. It just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then the anxiety spiraled out of control. It was me trying to make sense of this much change and trying to find myself in all of that change. I learned in therapy to look at every situation from everyone's perspective. And that really helps me not be judgmental anymore. So with people, it translates to something really, really good, because then you can really hold space for everyone, no matter how different they are. But I think it also made it so for me that if a relationship starts to feel too heavy, I got to let it go. I, I have to be very protective. I think this is something everyone who has ever been through that period of depression or had their mental health a lot of control and had to rebuild it from scratch, they would relate to this, that you ha- you become so protective of your mental health after that, that. Anything that triggers you, you, you just right away, you need to shove it out of your life. You need to shut it down and protect yourself. So I was in that mode. So anytime someone would would be, would be feel like they are hurting my mental health, I would just shut down that friendship. But at the same time, I had my friend's example. Her name's Alina. So she was the, the first friend that I made in London that I talked about. Because how unconditional her friendship was, how non-judgmental her friendship was, she made me want to be a better friend. Like you said, what your friends did for you post your breakup. It was the same thing. I kept remembering how Alina was for me. And I was like, I got to show up in the same way for these people because that is how you build genuine friendships. And if somebody did that for me, it it was sort of like, you know, I can do that too because she made it look so beautiful, so incredible that I wanted to do it too. But those two ideas kept conflicting where I was trying to, so hard to protect myself. And I think that is the problem. As adults, we have so much more self-awareness we are also very afraid of being judged and i think having our trust abused that makes friendship yes so hard i think that's that's what the what the struggle is and i recognize that which then led to like you shared with your texting with the texting bit and all and i'm sure you've noticed this about me now i no longer like hold myself back i just go out there and I say things like if I think you are abusing my trust, I would be like, I would tell you, that's how I'm thinking about. That's what I'm thinking about you. That's what I'm thinking about my friendship. And I know it takes people aback, but that's how I've become. I've done that with you as well. Like I told you, Julie, don't worry about this. If I feel like this is not good. like
1: (laughs) whenever I'm too anxious. I'm like, ah. You and
0: I have that (laughs) in common. And I'm like, no, we cannot be spending our time worrying about what the other person is thinking. I don't want that in any relationship because that's, what a waste of time. I know it can't be helped, but but still.
1: I love that because exactly, it's like exactly what you were saying. It's like how your friend Alina was leading by example. And then you, she becomes this paradigm that you're like, this is what a friendship is. And I want to model that. I think that we have also done that in our friendship where, when we're being sensitive about each other, instead of just kind of, cowering behind that stance and not really saying anything or just like putting it brushing it under the rug something i've really liked in our friendship and in a lot of my friendships and i'm sure yours as well is we're really direct about it Like you will say something and i will tell you do not worry about it and i'm telling you this genuinely because i don't i really want my words to matter and i don't want to say something just to say something to please the room So that was something I always told you because you would say like, oh, this is too much. And I would say, I would always let you know if it's too much. And that's a boundary that I'm more than happy to like communicate to you.
0: I worry about that. I do worry about that, that, you know, I'm taking up too much space and I'm not leaving any for my friend here who probably also no trust
1: me I would I would let you but know this is so crazy <laughs> Someone isn't it?
0: very aware of my space but this is it this is, is so but that's the like, sensitivity yeah but that's yeah. I think those are the conflicts sometimes we're too sensitive to the other person which makes friendship hard sometimes because you and I we just go out there and we say things we're just like okay if I have a problem Julie, yeah, I let you know you don't have to worry about it I will tell you when there is a problem so stop worrying and you'll tell me oh I'll tell you when you're taking up too much time don't worry but so many people are so sensitive and worried about what they're doing or whether they're doing it right or not. Like it's, it's, it's not a job. It's, it's, (laughs) it's a freaking relationship, but because we're so worried and sensitive to the other person, we end up doing this disservice to ourselves. If we believe that we are too much, we have to reel this back in. And sometimes we're just, we just never stop to think, am I letting my friend have enough space or not? So these are like two extremes, but I think, despite the fact that they sound like extremes and you put it like that, I think that is what's happening more often than not. That is the problem. And that's why people ghost each other sometimes.
1: They do. I mean, I've definitely had a friendship where that happened and I'll explain that in a second. But going back to your point about what you said, I think that's something that friendships do bring out of you. Like if you have any feelings of deficit, if you have any feelings of worthy, worthlessness and the friendship is important... That's something that we want to be careful about. We want to really hold tenderly. But in our society, they're considered an afterthought.
0: Yeah, And definitely. a
1: lot of friendships, they don't have these conversations because it is difficult. A lot of people just assume friends occupy this unconditionally accepting space. And you can kind of do whatever. You can kind of yeah. say whatever. You don't have to show up. You don't need a text back. But if you need something from them, they will be there. And friendships are not like a like a, is it a punching bag just for like our anxieties and our frustrations and just for our stresses, they're meant to be a place that we could really be ourselves with. So I think to your point, I think there's a beauty in being very cognizant and very cautious about wanting to make sure that the friendship flows both ways. And it's uh, an act of like joyful reciprocation versus, you know, like I... Like being careful because you were like, I think us being careful, it just shows how much we care about the person versus, you know, being too overly sensitive. Because I, I do like that you and me have had conversations where if something is bothering us, we can talk about it. Yeah. Maybe it's a little bit uncomfortable to bring it up in the moment, but it's almost always better to clear the air, I think, yeah. and to move on from it.
0: Yeah, yeah because what else are you going to do? That's a, you have to like figure things out when you are having all of these emotions because they tend to get very heavy after a while because if you're not doing anything about it you're not letting it out you're not resolving it either then it gets too heavy and that's why you end up giving up on your friendship i think that is one of the biggest problems that's why friendships are harder as adults work we have so much social awareness except that your social awareness may actually be a little bit skewed, <laughs> yeah. right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I wanted to ask this next question because you you brought up ghosting and I think that before my last relationship ended, the biggest heartbreak of my life was when my my best friend ghosted me. It was very, very painful. Yeah, and it happened. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of reasons why it happened, but I think the biggest reason was that me and her were just not... Comfortable telling each other our boundaries, and we had become, we had gotten to that place where we just believed we knew everything about each other, and that's just not the case. Because just like in a relationship, romantically, you can have a thousand different funerals for who you are as a person, and you continually right. evolve and adapt. And your relationship with your partner changes as well. And it's up to you to see if you guys grow together, or if you guys have grown separate directions. And in that particular friendship. She was truly one of the best friends I've ever had, but it got to a place where we really believed we knew the best for each other. And she had grown into a person where how I saw her was not how she saw herself. And the same thing with me, like how she saw me was not how I saw myself. And we would talk to each other and we would kind of, we would say things like we want the best for each other, but we didn't. We wanted the best for how we, like the identities that we had of each other in our head. And that was how we interacted with each other. And after a while, it became so restraining and so constrictive that she just very slowly faded out of my life. And it took me several years to feel better about it. I would say, yeah, it took me several years for me to even acknowledge that it hurt me as bad as it did. And then for me to finally accept what happened. And that was also like another pretty big moment of me being like, I don't want my friendships to feel static. I don't want them to feel like the person can't change and I'm not going to accept them for that change. And I think I became a lot more generous about their lives and how they wanted to live their lives. Even if I have a different opinion of how they can do certain things, that's not me to say. So I learned a lot of boundaries around that too. Like she was a huge, huge, huge lesson in me reforming my idea of
0: friendships okay do you believe that you can be friends with anyone in the world do you believe that Mm, what what kind of level of friendship
1: i mean i think there's always good in people to find yes exactly yeah but
0: we see someone in a way where it clashes with how they see themselves it clashes with their Mm self-image do you so what what do you think do you think you can sustain a friendship under those circumstances we couldn't i also wasn't that
1: like I wasn't doing a lot of work at that point. I would say that I was in that phase right, of my New York right. life where I was still pretty superficial. I was um, really ego driven, I would say. And.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. it's And she was also a few years older than me. She was five years older than I was. So um, how she was living her life. I just didn't understand a lot of it. And she would kind of give me advice and I wouldn't understand it. But like. It's fun. We've been in contact with each other actually. Um, for my last birthday, she sent me an email, the first time that we had talked to each other in a long time. And she just wanted okay. She just wanted to say hi and catch up. And I sent her an email back kind of apologizing for my part of the friendship and me just not really letting her be the person that she was. But then I also followed up with It's so funny because five years ago when everything had happened, I'm kind of like repeating a lot of the stuff that she had gone through that I wasn't understanding of. And I can just imagine what it would be like if one of my friends now was telling me, I know you so well that I know that you're not happy or I want something different for you. And they keep harping on that point. It would make me feel like they're not really appreciating me and like my current stance in life right now. So I... Acknowledge that when that I felt very badly about how I acted. Um, And it wasn't malicious, but that's just kind of what it is. Like a lot of friendships, we just assume that they're always going to be the same people or we're going to be the same people. And when we grow out of it, we just leave them behind. And something I'm really trying to be aware of is how can I continue taking them with me to my next journey, even if they occupy like maybe my next journey in life, maybe they take more of a backseat but then in 10 years they come back in my life and they're a lot more prominent there's just all of these ebbs and flows that I want to be very thoughtful and appreciative of i don't know if that answers your question yeah
0: it does and it brings up like i there are so many points that i would just like to repeat just so that they're there for to start a conversation perhaps that you i think you need to treat your friendships first of all like a living person like Mm. your friendship is not always gonna be like this. It's gonna change with time. It's gonna grow. I know that takes a lot of effort when your friend is being an obnoxious ass. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to like in those moments keep that friendship alive in your life. But maybe you can draw back a little, but don't like don't kill your friendships. Don't ghost people. Because first of all, ghosting is anyways unkind. I think we've all been kind of guilty of it. Oh I have done it to someone. Yeah. I have to, yeah. uh, but let's, don't, don't do that. We're all on our journeys. So maybe draw back a little, ask for a little space, give the other person some space, but don't kill them. Cause your friendship, dude, I have learned this in the last couple of years that when you carry that friendship forward with you, your friendship and your friend, your friendship in its own capacity and the friend that you have that friendship with will show up in ways that you couldn't have imagined back then when you were considering, you know, Getting rid of that friendship for whatever reason. It will show up in ways that you couldn't have imagined. So don't kill your friendships. Don't ghost people. Maybe get some space, draw some boundaries, but don't like end those relationships. And another thing that I would say that like the point that you made beautifully with your story, you have to meet people where they're at. Everyone, and I love this, this point comes up a lot in Brene Brown's um rising strong, I think. Mm. Getting greatly your rising strong. Either ways, read both books. They're awesome. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> you have to, everyone is doing their best with the experiences that they've had in their life, with the level of learning they've had in their life. We are all doing our best. And if you think you are always getting it right, well, then you're wrong. Mm-hmm. And you're clearly not doing enough self-work. <laughs> and you need to seriously get a journal or something. <laughs> yes, you're not. Yeah. And I'm sure your friend has moments where they have to make an effort to meet you where you're at and make space for you despite maybe things that you're doing and saying that don't make sense to the other person. you got to reciprocate. You have to do the same thing. Meet people where they're at. This is so, so important. Otherwise eventually all your relationships are going to get, there's going to be more struggle than harmony. There's going to be more conflict than happiness there. It's just, that's just how I feel. That's my perspective. No, I
1: totally agree because it's not like I was like, I wasn't a good friend during that friendship, and I fully acknowledge it now. Like, the way that she really always wanted to uplift me, and she saw a lot in me that I didn't see in myself at that time. I was not very confident, I was really just living in a place of scarcity. And I remember she was always so generous with how she saw me, and I would just shut that down after a while, that does get really tiring for a friend to constantly be like, I see the best in you. And for me to be like, okay, whatever. And just kind of wave that off. Like after a while, it becomes really hard for that relationship to feel nurturing and nourishing on both sides, because we're not first seeing each other for who we are, and then not acknowledging the ways that the other person is seeing us. So it just leads to more disconnection. So yeah, that was something I would say with that particular friendship that was something I am aware of now and I have apologized to her about that we haven't still had a conversation about I am looking forward to a day when we can talk and we can be in each other's lives in a way that it feels very seamless and natural and not a lot of effort and I do credit that to like our professional role I understand the stakes that are associated with not being vulnerable Like if you're not vulnerable, your relationships do suffer. And I know that for me to have the relationships I want in my life, I have to take the risk and put myself out there, even though it's hard because you tell, it's very easy to tell our coaching clients this, right? Like do this, do this. It'll make your life better. It's another thing to actually implement that and put it into practice. But I would say professionally, it's definitely informed a lot of the ways that I build my relationships. How would would you say that it's infected you at all?
0: Definitely, definitely. Because when you're doing all of that work, you I think there is just I end up doing so much self work all the time. Yeah, I think it just makes it harder for you when you show up in your relationships. And when people come at you with certain perspectives that seem too narrow to you, because now you are appreciating life, appreciating people, appreciating the world all the dynamics from all of these many 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 perspectives and when someone comes at you and they're so so sure of themselves and they have this narrow perspective it becomes almost it becomes painful to hold those conversations Mm -hmm. when you venture into those spaces where you're you're showing up as a friend you almost have to turn off that that coach's mind that that the professional in you you have to turn it off Mm -hmm. but it's very hard to do because With people like us, with people who are in this industry sort of, that is who you are. Your professional persona is who you are, you know?
1: I do. I do. And I relate to what you're saying about how, I mean, friendships are like that. They're a giant mirror for us. And I feel the same way when I enter into any type of working situation where I'm talking about relationships or I'm talking about mental health. I guess I do hold my spaces, like how I hold spaces with my friends. I just say that this is a space where you can fuck up. I'm not going to judge you. You can try a lot of different things. And I will be here for you as you're trying out these new things. And we will talk about it. So then you can see what's right for you to implement into your life. What isn't right for you, for you to just kind of like compost and put away for another time or for never, you know? And I think that is really important that we afford each other that same type of like, I keep bringing generosity, but I really think the best friendships that you have are extremely, it's very generous. It's very abundant and it's very expansive when it can be. And then when it's not, we are okay with that. (laughs) We can let it go and it can come back into our life when they're feeling better, when we're feeling better and it's not a personal affront to anyone.
0: Yeah but i think that's what makes it harder for me to be friends with someone who doesn't do self work who doesn't ever examine their behavior from a critical point yeah because you have to do that i do that and i know you do that we examine our behavior from the other person's perspective we examine our behavior with a certain degree of detachment and we are almost like we take a critical stand did i do something wrong did i mess up is there a learning opportunity here when the other person most not everyone is going to be in that place not everyone even wants that sort of the burden almost because it does get heavy at you know a lot of points yeah. it gets really heavy because there's almost already so much shit going on in your life and to add all of that to it not everybody can handle it i think which makes me really wonder like if you have to have this common ground with your friends to meet on otherwise i think like i have friends who don't do self work and they don't want to do self work they're not interested they don't want to have those deep conversations but then there're people i might party with there are people i might have like a chill hang with yeah like discussing netflix or shit but i would not take my personal stuff to them i would not discuss my parents with them i would definitely not discuss my mental health with them Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. sure There's like i feel like this all this conflict with it conflicts with what i said before that you have to meet people where they're at but at the same time is it possible for you to have friend, have a friendship, have a good, healthy friendship with someone who is so completely in a different zone from you?
1: Mm, yeah, and that's the complexity of friendships, the waviness of friendships. Yeah. Because a lot of that's, I would say, it is magic in a bottle when you find someone that you really relate to and you just have oh, that place with someone. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't happen to me that often, and when it does happen to me, they end up becoming my partners, my collaborators, my friends. So like people that stay in my life because there's something about the person that I just am like, yes, I don't know who you are, but I just need to keep you in my life somehow. Um, yeah, yeah, And that's what it is. Like I definitely, I would say I have a handful of people I talk to consistently week after week where they know about my life. They know about my family stuff. They know about my mental health struggles. They know about the the daily rhythm of my life and then I have other friends where we just like I have some friends back home that I'm there I've known them since I was 14 like one of them taught me how to drive when no one wanted to teach me how to drive (laughs) he was the one that lent (laughs) me his car and we're still great friends with each other and every Wednesday we will go jam skating like we'll go to the to the rollerblading rink and we will just do that and it's not like we always have these intense conversations, maybe the intense conversations I have with people like you or with my best friends, but they're conversations that still feel very like poignant and very fun. I just know my it's not like limitations. I just know that's the friendship, and that's what it is, and I don't have to force anything. They know they can always talk to me about it, and vice versa, but that's just not. When we hang out with each other, that's not what we gravitate towards. We're like, how can we have fun? Let's go somewhere fun to eat. And that feels as nourishing to me as the other connections in my life because I – Like I said, I don't organize it by hierarchy. Like all of my friends are really important. And sometimes I don't want to talk about psychology, even though I do love talking about psychology.
0: (laughs) I don't want to
1: always always be like, why did I do this? It'd be so philosophical. Sometimes I just like being around people that are just very immediate. Let's have fun. Let's talk about what's happening in the moment. That brings a lot of value to me. And that kind of like, brings out another aspect of my personality that isn't as heady and it's more body oriented. So I appreciate it on that level. And I think a lot of people, as we have all of these friendships in our life, they all don't have to be so sacred. They don't have to be so profound. It's wonderful. And they are, and you'll know who those friendships are. You'll know, (laughs) you'll know who they are, but then the other friendships that you can just get dinner with or friendships you can invite over for a movie or people that you can, um, yeah, just say whatever to like those friendships are. I think equally important to me. They're just all shades of this really beautiful color, and I just get to yeah, yeah, kind of play around in that.
0: Awesome, awesome. I'm glad you shared all of that because the, the <laughs> previous, both the previous points still stand for yes You you keep all yes. of your friendships alive give them the space they need give them what those friendships need and it would vary from person to person friend to friend friendship to friendship and meet people where they're at so if you need like someone to talk to about your deeper issues perhaps something that requires a lot of sensitivity then don't take that to a friend who's not capable of that sensitivity maybe they're they are capable of that sensitivity just not with you then you are setting yourself for a fall there don't yeah. do that and so, yeah that point still stands meet people where they're at
1: <laughs> yeah don't I mean, expect
0: everything from everyone that's just that's a crazy way to approach things
1: that's what it is it's like going back to that I do point that,
0: though yeah, I, I do did that, that too,
1: too like with my because yeah. I've spent a lot of my life in these romantic relationships and my boyfriend's and I have tried to be everything to each other. And that's just failure at the very beginning because no one can give you all of these dimensions of connectivity that you need. So that's something that I am very thoughtful about with my, with my people. It's like everyone just kind of occupies this new thing and we're all just giving it to each, to each other and it's all flowing, but we're not expecting more. We're not demanding more. We're just kind of letting what is happen. Yeah, growing it and then just kind of yeah, meeting people where they're at. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's a wonderful way to approach things. Because sometimes my friends would be like, "Why do you have to analyze everything?" And they're right. I shouldn't shouldn't analyze everything. Some things are just not meant to be analyzed. There's just, gosh, Did yeah. They- <laughs> and
1: have you noticed when you analyze? Like I used to be such an over-analyzer, and I've noticed that it just never so much of it was speculation driven versus being rooted in any type true, of reality true, true. you know yeah i had to learn that lesson the hard way where i just thought sometimes things just have to you really need to let it breathe and you need to let it yeah. do its own thing
0: yeah
1: and this is maybe something that we could talk about for the next question like what are personal qualities that we can develop that would make it easier for us to make friends and sustain those friendships i because of the nature of who we are as people, there's a reason why we're interested in the subjects we're interested in. We're naturally empathetic. We're good listeners and we kind of dissect and dig into things. I noticed not all of my friends needed that and not all of my friends wanted um, an explanation for why they were doing the things they were doing. They didn't need a critical analysis of how they could (laughs) do things better. They didn't need advice either. And that was something I had to get out of the mindset of, because for a long time, I had identified myself as the kind of person that people could go to for advice. They could go to for anything. And not a lot of people want that. People just want support. They just want someone to listen to. They need strong boundaries about that. And it took me a very long time for me to understand this is how I can be in someone's life and not be overbearing Mm -hmm. with how I am as a person. Yeah. Yeah and that was a new that was a very new quality i've been developing (laughs) like over the past year like how can i just let people be who they are without me kind of interjecting things into
0: that yeah i think to me like to you for you to sustain not just friendship really for any relationship i think you have to definitely get comfortable with being vulnerable Mm. even if it is like a purely fun friendship so you need to have more honest conversations because i think if you're wearing a facade it's gonna get progressively harder and it's just gonna Add this extra burden to this friendship that's going to make the friendship in itself very unsustainable. And I think there's that. But I think at the same time, I think you need to be you need to be aware of what this friendship is about, as we were talking about. Like sometimes, you know, as you said, not everybody wants to analyze their life because the reason we get into self work is because we notice things that are not working working in our life we notice a lot of dysfunction but if somebody's having a great time some their life is working fine yeah they they're, they're probably they don't not need it. yeah they don't need it <laughs> i'm sure like yeah. i would notice things that seem unhealthy to me but that's then i, I would always tell myself that's your problem then <laughs> it's not their problem they don't need this don't you're you're here as a friend you're not here as in your professional capacity don't do that don't fuck this up (laughs) so I think that's important
1: I would say another really good quality is like learning what it means to know when someone's safe to be intimate with them and it's in all areas of our life and because it's one thing too a lot of people want to make friendships but a lot of people will maybe put their trust into the wrong people or they'll put their trust into people and kind of share too much and then feel taken advantage of or all of those like negative feelings that can come up because it is very difficult. Like if you're running to nurture and maintain a relationship that's very important to you, but the person's not totally like their capacity does not meet your capacity, there will be that incompatibility and you will feel it. So it's very important that as people are learning how to let down their guards and be intimate with each other, they're investing in connections where they can feel safe enough to share those things, those vulnerabilities and the things that they need in a friendship without the person disregarding them, dismissing them or invalidating. How they need to be perceived in that connection.
0: Yeah. So reading the friendship and reading your friend as well. Like I'm very, very particular mm-hmm. about time. Like if if you have told me to show up at 12 o'clock, I'm going to show up at 12 o'clock because to me, if you don't respect someone's Same. time, that's that's like a real, it, it is very annoying to me. But I have friends who are never going to show up at 12. They're going to show up at two o'clock probably, two hours later. So then you mm-hmm. have to tell them, let's meet up at nine so that they end up showing at, you know, close to the right. time that you need them to show up at so you have to read that person i could choose to get annoyed about it and then make my friendship difficult with this person that clearly this person doesn't have respect for my time but it's really not that mm-hmm. good and they're they they do not see it like that they don't see it as a big deal yeah while it, it is a big deal
1: and we're personalizing yes. like a, a quality that they have like yeah. they're just a late person for they, us we are they're saying exactly like they're disrespectful to me in my time when it's really they just have they're living in a totally different awareness of like what it means to be on time for things I've I felt that too and I've had to be not offended when I've been in friendships where I'm like I feel like they're doing it to make me mad and it's like no they're just doing it because that's who they are and I just happen to be in their way (laughs)
0: exactly I think that is a huge huge point that we all have to remember that sometimes it's really it seems to be about you, but it's not. And yeah, if the person is doing this particularly to you, then oh, maybe then then it is you. You need to like either yeah. <laughs> <laughs> either talk to them or take a hint. You know, but yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but completely. probably but most probably it's, it, that's just who they are, and they just see things differently. So read your friendship. You know, don't expect everything from every friendship. And you're gonna be. I think I really believe that people are gonna be okay. Like there are some fun friendships, and then there are friendships that are your emotional support. There are people gonna show up for you when you're down and out. That's when they. they in fact, that's when those friends would feel like, yes, this is it. This is now. I get to really be there for my friend. And there are friends who really enjoy that, and even not. They don't enjoy your pain, but they they just enjoy being able to give you that comfort. You know, being able to be your sort of be your safe space. But not everybody does that. For some people, that's too much. They don't know how, they don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They're afraid of causing you more pain. And that's why they draw back in those moments. That's actually nice that they do that. So you have to, like, Mm. don't expect everything from every friendship. Read your friendship, read the person, and I think you'll be fine. And some friendships are just meant for fun. So have fun. Go out more.
1: I'm very. Yeah, exactly. I'm curious about this because you brought up the, that dynamic of being a giver as a front. And I think I identify with that a yeah. lot. I would say that I like being the caretaker. And I've noticed that I would derive a lot of function, not only function, but a lot of meaning out of being someone that people can go to. And I like that I can hold things together. And I like having the capacity to hold things together. But that does mean I need to have very firm boundaries because I you know, in a a moment of crisis, I don't want to be the person that everyone relies on. I would want to make sure that I have the capacity and the energy to like really support them. So how would you say you show up as a friend? Like how, how would you say people would be like, this is karate and this is how
0: I know I can depend on her or the kind of connection she can bring me? Same, same. But then my, my issue is because I'm so much about equality in relationships consideration like consideration is my my key thing if somebody's inconsiderate in small little things you know i i would notice that it's very off-putting to me but i think i create i go ahead and i create that dynamic where i'm the giver and it's okay for you to lean on me but when the person starts to lean on me like to a greater degree wherein they always expect me to be there for them and they don't reciprocate then i have a real problem with Mm -hmm. it then my roles are very much in conflict because i want to be that person that calls people out on their shit and tells them to behave better show up do better but then at the same time that's 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 something i don't really like very much about myself like when it comes to dating i'm very blunt and i'm very open with guys that this is what you can expect these are my boundaries do not violate them or it's goodbye forever <laughs> with friends i don't do that why do you think you don't do that friends, I do you
1: think it's harder to say that to your friend
0: yes because if a friend is in pain i want to be there i want to show up Mm. and i because i i was i went through my mental health journey by myself i had no one and i don't regret that yeah i don't think i consciously regret that i really don't but uh i think there were moments there that were just so terrible that if i think had someone been there for me the pain wouldn't have been so bad that I keep thinking about that whenever I see someone in pain, are they going through the same thing? And if they are, I have to be there. Mm. I, you, as you said, I personalize it. I make it like, I go back to that moment and I make it about myself, which is not great, mm. which is not a great thing to do ever. You know, Right, right. It's, and I show up and I set that dynamic wherein you can lean on me, you can trust me to show up. And when they start doing that and they take it to an extent where... They always expect me to show up without consideration for my time or what's going on in my life, without ever even checking in. Then I get pissed. I get that. And then it's I've like, been there before.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: but then, but then, when you call people out on it and you tell them they it's, it's, I think it is justified that they're a little surprised that you've, you've gone and you've changed things now. I, I don't know how to make sense of our friendship anymore. And that's a, that's a problem that I have. So Mm. I, I would say that
1: because I occupy a similar role that you do, I feel the same tendency of like, I've been had, I've been taken advantage of, they are seeing something in me. And that's why it's really important for me to continue setting boundaries or for me to be very firm about the
0: ways that I can show up and the ways that I can't show up. So how do you set boundaries? It's just me telling them like, if like you, okay, like you and I do it, right? Like I, I, think mine lacks refinement. I'm just very blunt. Right. I'm like very very. Bland. How I think I'm. How so would you say you I am?
1: Because I have set boundaries around you. Do you think I'm also blunt, or do you? Think- I think
0: you are just. I think you are. You and I are very different. We have a lot of similarities, but the one I think very major difference we have is I think you're very gentle in your approach, and I'm very like. There is no confusion here. I want to <laughs> use very, very clear, small words.
1: <laughs> and I You're like, I don't want them to misunderstand voice. me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Let there be no misunderstanding after this point. Because if you mess up after this point, that tone of the conversation is going to be very different. <laughs> That's so funny that you say that. Because then I really can. Yeah. Yeah, because then I really can assume that this person just doesn't, doesn't really care about how I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Mm-mm. I mean, I would say that I
1: have, I do try to be very upfront, but I would say that I have more of a, like an iron hand and like a, a velvet glove. Yeah. Like I feel, I feel very gentle, but as soon as people really cross my boundaries, I will absolutely let them know. Yeah. And I will kind of, it's not like I will completely switch, but my mode, I will be like a lot I'm not smiling. I'm not laughing. I think if I'm an, if I'm not laughing, that's like a really big tell that I'm pretty upset if I'm communicating something. Because I yeah. do try to laughing is a defense mechanism and I like will use humor <laughs> to soften sad. something up. And if I'm not doing that, it's because I'm pretty fed no, up. No, I don't do it. <laughs>
0: yeah I'm pretty fed up. <laughs> but I think yeah we can agree that You can meet people where they're at. You can give your friendship, whatever that friendship needs. But I don't think a friendship is very sustainable when the people are in two different places, when you are the giver who also expects to be treated with consideration and the other person is simply not capable. Oh, yeah. I think then then the friendship would become, I want to go ahead and say toxic, Mm -hmm. then it would become toxic. Oh, yeah. If it
1: becomes toxic where you've, They don't care about you and they disregard your feelings, and you're giving a lot more, and they're taking it all about responding in kind. Then, those friendships, you need to cut them off because it's like what we said at the beginning of the episode friendships are life enhancing and they are really consensual the way that we opt into them. And we don't need to keep people around that make us feel consistently bad. And if it's something you've tried to work on and it's not improving, you can let that go knowing that you did your best and just, yeah, look for, or you know what,
0: switch it around. Like, yeah. If the other person wants to make it about fun when it comes to you, then make it about fun when it comes to them as well. Then don't, you know, make yourself jump through all these hoops for a person who's not even willing to walk a little for you. Right. That's a very good point. You you know, it's a very good point. and, And when you change that behavior, when you modify your behavior to match where they're at, They'll either meet you there and they'll let things be and they'll try to maintain that or they'll be so surprised and they'll be shocked and they'll expect answers in which case you can point out to them what they've been doing to you and that is no longer sustainable, that can no longer be done and then they have a choice and it's no longer on you and you don't have to do the shitty thing of ghosting someone or killing that friendship. Mm. You can give them that opportunity to decide what, do they want to walk away or can they meet you where you are at now, you know, I think that's something that might work. That's a great point. Yeah. A lot of complications. A lot of complications. But, I think it's just, but that's the beauty of life, you know. Yeah, that's the beauty of life. Don't let it put you off putting yourself out there, making friends and trying and making those friendships work, doing like, yeah, it is work. Every relationship is work, but it has so much potential. When a friendship really takes off and it really like starts to feel like home. Oh, there's nothing like that. Oh, my gosh.
1: It's the best to just have those conversations where you're (laughs) laughing and just like, you know what I mean? It's like big belly laughs and you feel so um, understood by someone. It's so profound. There's really nothing the other person just gets you. Yes. I love those friendships and I appreciate those friendships and anyone that can bring that into my life. I am prioritizing them on some level. Like I will stay in contact with you and I'll be consistent in my communication. There won't be a lot of gray about how I feel about you. Like you'll know because I'll text you back. (laughs) If I don't text you back, (laughs) (laughs) it does say a lot about, you know, maybe the ways that I value them and not in a bad way, just like the ways that I want to bring them into my daily life. So I, I did answer this question for myself throughout the episode a few times. Like how would you say you prioritize friendships in your life compared to everything else?
0: I think it's a part of a whole for me. Like it's, it's every, all of it is me showing up as a certain kind of person. So if I don't prioritize my friends, it says a lot about me. Okay. Does that sound horrible? Because I don't mean it like that. I mean, it just, that I have an idea of the kind of person I want to be, which means that I prioritize my friends and their struggles as highly as I prioritize my own struggles and my own life and everything going on in my life I will set boundaries I will you know make it clear if at certain point I feel like my own mental health needs more attention but at the same time my friends are important enough that even if I'm in pain I would put it aside to show up for my friend in that moment wow so I would say that I I don't prioritize anyone as much as I prioritize my parents. So that's definitely, that they're definitely on the top of the list, but then everything else in my life is on the same level. Like my volunteer work, the people that I I sort of support through those struggles and my, then the the clients, because as a coach, your clients, everything you do is very personal. It is very personal. Everything is so highly emotional. And then your friend, I, I think i prioritize all of them the same way. Sometimes some, area of your life needs you more in which case i think there is that that element of honesty that comes in where you communicate where you are at to all of your people to all of your other priorities and you let them know i'm gonna be back but for now i gotta go and Do you know put more <laughs> of myself to that area yeah. so yeah yeah i don't know i don't know if that answers the question but i don't really it's i think it's part of a bigger hole for me. The the friendship dynamic that does. Sure, friends, I think there are friends that I would prioritize on the top of the list and then there are friends that I don't prioritize as much. And that would depend a lot on the friendship, how much that friend's friend needs me, what that friend expects from me. Like some friends are just they just want to have fun with me. They wanna talk superhero stuff with me. Fun though. In which I case even if I, I yeah. feel like you would always have space yeah. for that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah but then we only talk about when some some major shit happens. Like dc just made an announcement or there's a movie coming out then for two three days we're just like constantly on the phone and we're talking to each other like did you notice that did you notice this i'm gonna go back and watch the movie again oh i missed that it's like that that's amazing though because they have like your special interests yeah this was a very light happy friendship like we get emotional about superheroes but it's still, there's never any talk about, are you having anxiety attacks? Because that never comes <laughs> up.
1: <in> the <laughs> By the way, how is your mental health? <laughs> like after all of the movie chatter. Yeah, I mean, I have some friends like that too, where they just know me and it's like, they know me. But I have some yeah. friends who would just talk about something very specific, something very fun. And they're not going to follow it up with, well, how is, you know, how is your anxiety? Yeah, are you doing okay? Yeah. Like
0: like the, the friends that I made in my support group would never ask me stuff like, who are you dating? Who are you seeing? Did you watch this movie? I, like right now I'm thinking about it and we've never talked about stuff like that. We always talk about heavy stuff. But if you think about it, to hang out with people that you only talk about heavy stuff with it's too Dude, much that is going to be exhausting This going to be it's exhausting. too
1: much yeah I yeah. totally agree and I think this will be one of the last points I want to make about this but I think a point that I just came to as you were talking is I do feel like a lot of us are islands we're very unknowable to ourselves and to a lot of people in the way that other people see us like it's very complex and that's the great thing about these different friendships is that different people see different sides of you and you can express that with that person. You don't need to always give everything to certain connections. You can just give what's enough and not feel and still feel contained. So I think that's a very important thing in this yes. conversation. Yeah. yeah.
0: Absolutely. That's beautiful. I'll just say that, you know, give people a chance and you don't, just self-distort. Do not self-distort. Nobody's worth that shit. Do not self-distort. And maybe you're a complete goofball and some people would find that confusing. They wouldn't get it. But then there will be so many other goofballs who are totally going to get, get it. it. So yeah, so put yourself out there. Make teeny tiny efforts. Take little steps. And somebody or the other is going to get it. They're going to appreciate you for exactly who you are. Like I have friends totally. who think I'm a total weirdo and they keep <laughs> we, we can't go through a single conversation without them mentioning 20 times you're such a weirdo and then there are people who just that's Get why they're my friends mm. yeah yeah and that is true about literally everyone before i started doing these podcasts and i i came into this like area of work i used to think that oh you know what never had a sense of belonging and i'm so different dude it is everyone's story every mm-hmm. single person's story and lastly i'll just say Quit taking yourself so seriously. You know, whenever you get into your head and you're worrying, oh my god, what is that person thinking? Nobody's thinking anything. The <laughs> what, you know, that that silly thing was that you did. You're the only one who remembers it. So it's just stop torturing yourself. Laugh I love it that. off. It is not that serious. Nothing is ever that serious. I mean, there's mm. actual serious shit going on that people are mocking. So trust me, whatever it is that you've come up with in your mental world, it's not that important. Don't yeah. take yourself that seriously. Because when you do that, you do yourself so much disservice. You really shrink your personality. And that's not okay. And Everyone has so much to offer. Just go out there and give the world the opportunity to appreciate that in you. If person oh, X no and way. Y don't do it, person A and person B would. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: <that's> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love what you just said because I do think people need to own their weird. And the right people will yeah, identify absolutely. with that. And it's like yeah. what you were saying about feeling lonely and feeling ashamed about that loneliness. I think the, the most like private, ugly, worst parts of ourselves that we do not like are the most universal experiences about most people. And sharing that, oh, what a relief, you know, to just be like, okay.
0: Yeah, for the benefit of my listeners, I will tell you, every single guest has made that point in some or the other capacity on the show okay and these are people who have you know lived like they've experienced different colors of life i can say that about the guests who have been on this show because i picked them for certain reasons so it is you can go ahead and you can believe that this is what's happening with everyone everyone has said that that this is the the parts that we find the hardest to accept about ourselves are actually the point where we will find the most connection Mm. so Again, don't do yourself that disservice of rejecting little pieces of yourself and shoving it away, and or making idiotic decisions because of it. Show up as you are. You're gonna find your, you know, your, your fellow weirdos gonna find you. You'll
1: find you find them, and it'll be so great when you find them. It's just yeah. the best when you find your little community of people that are just like fuck you totally get me
0: I totally get it yeah oh my god I've been looking for you my whole life
1: I've had that with some people where it's like oh my gosh this is I feel so related to you and I feel so hard and it doesn't have to feel hard it can be a very natural thing